Why don't you open your Bibles with me here this afternoon to Matthew chapter 13, verses 44 to 46. Matthew chapter 13, verses 44 to 46. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure that a man discovered hidden in a field. In his excitement, he did it again and sold everything he owned to get enough money to buy the field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant on the lookout for choice pearls. When he discovered a pearl of great value, he sold everything he owned and he went and bought it. The title of my message here this afternoon is Treasure Hunters, the gold rush for God's glory. Back in 1896, a great phenomena took place in Canada. It was a region called the Klondike. Here in the Klondike, a miner had discovered a great vast of gold. It created a massive stampede, to say the least. Over 100,000 prospectors flooded to the area in search of riches, power, and fame. It was a great phenomenon. It was a great stampede. It was causing an element of chaos initially in the region, and the Canadian government went and said, listen, you are not allowed to go to this area of the Klondike in search of gold unless you come with one year's supply. The Klondike region was a barren, mountainous, cold area. It was dangerous. And they said, you need one year's provisions if you're going to embark on this journey. All those provisions would roughly come up to about one ton per man to carry. They went and began to gather teams and, 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 and fresh initiatives were birthed on ways of pioneering incentives to go and get this gold that they believed promised them so much. The issue was with this great weight and the distance they had to travel, it was dangerous and it was treacherous. They would have to be determined like nothing before to go there and get there. This weight, this ton of weight, would have to be broken down into 65 kilogram weights. And there was a number of routes that they could take to go and get to the place of this gold. One of these routes was called the White Pass. Now, the White Pass was a route whereby they would have to man-pack this ton of equipment. They would have to do about 30 round trips to bring all their kit and equipment to the Klondike region, even to, before they began searching for the gold. It would be in excess of 2,500 miles that they would have to cover. The strongest man there in excess would run, would walk about 1,000 miles in 90 days. But such was the determination, many went for it. Another route, which you'll see on the screen now, was called the Chilkoot route. Now, the Chilkoot route was about 300 meters high and about 1,000 feet long. This is just one aspect of it. And you can see the chain of people with their kit and equipment humping it up this mountain in pursuit of gold, in pursuit of glory. Many casualties 
took place along the route. Many failed in their aspirations. Many came back empty-handed. But life began to come, as you can see, to this barren area. Villages began to bloom and blossom as the investment of wealth went into that area. One town called the town of Dawson was only 500 in population before the Klondike gold rush. In two years, it went to 30,000 people. They drew out of that area estimated, and they believe this is an underestimation, of $100 million worth of gold that was going to be pumped into the economy, which at the time was in a bad state. Everything was flourishing. It was treacherous. It was hard. But the people were determined to get this gold in the promise that it would bring in wealth, power, and success. They laid everything down in this one pursuit of this gold. Now as a church, we also have been growing in hunger. You in your lives have been growing in hunger and determination. But not for the gold that this earth offers, but the true riches of heaven that he promises. It's the gold of heaven. It is the pearls of great price which are priceless. There's a stimulation coming. There's a fresh bit of life coming to the church in aspirations of a new move. We're in, in anticipation of a fresh gold rush of ourselves, a fresh gold rush of God's glory. You're beginning to lay things down in your life that before you were struggling to lay down. There's a new stimulation of thinking. There's fresh revelation coming to your meditations and times with God. Previously, when things were hard, when things were drudgery and treachery, there's becoming an ease in your life. There's fresh hunger coming to the church. There's fresh hunger coming to your lives. It's fresh hunger for the true riches in glory, for the kingdom of the living God. There's a great bloom going to come as well as we seek that gold. Because when we lay a hold of these treasures, everything is going to come alive. Doesn't it remind you of the book of Acts when the Pentecost power was poured out on the people? 3,000 coming to Christ, 5,000 coming to Christ. The church growing, this church spreading and the good news of the gospel was coming alive like never before. Isn't this in part what Jesus is describing? That hunger and thirst for righteousness with the promise that those who hunger and thirst for it shall be filled. The promise of laying down one's life for the greater glory of the living God that you shall attain all things, the true riches in glory of the heavenlies. About seven years ago now, I was laid at home on my sofa I loved nothing more than just to lay on my sofa in the peace and quiet with the living God and just feel his presence. Oh, the mysteries, the revelations that would come to me. It seems like a far distant dream now because my wife and I have just had our first child and the dreams of laying on my sofa seem a long distant memory. Parents, I know you know exactly what I mean. But oh, just to sit 
oh, just to be at the feet of Jesus and just spend time with him. I remember clearly a picture that came to me, a strong impression and a vision that is ingrained on my heart to this day, and I still wait in anticipation for it, in the hope that it was a prophetic picture of something to come. I saw an aerial view of a huge city and a huge stadium. And from this aerial view, I just saw people flooding, running for this large stadium. Then I had a zoom in on scenes of people's lives and what was going on at more granular level. It was a street eye view. The first scene I remember that locked in my mind is a man driving in his car. And suddenly he stopped in the middle of the road. He opened up his car with no awareness of anything else but other than to go on on his journey. But he stopped. He opened the car. He knew there was something different. He faced towards the stadium because he felt a great power coming for it. He left his car and just ran. He just began to run. He had no other care other than to get to where he was sensing this great power. Floods of people were just running. They didn't know what took them over, but something was taking them over. This stadium was like a magnet for people. They were just going about their everyday lives, but now there was a great sense, and I breathe, it was the sense of God's power and presence that was being poured out and emanating from this stadium where believers were just flocking and worshipping God. I looked into shops and people, the shopkeepers, were just leaving their shops unattended. They didn't care. They were just running to the stadium because they desired so much more to be a part of what was going on here. I believe it was a great outpouring of the spirit of the living God and people cared for nothing else. Everything else was minimal. All they cared for is the living God and the glory and the magnet of pulling them in and focusing their eyes on eternal issues. You're not pursuing the earthly riches today, but the true riches of glory and that eternal life that is only found in Christ Jesus. I want to remind you today of the power of the heaven's riches, the influence, the impact, the manifestation, the benefits, the victories of his true riches and glory when you become master treasure hunters for the pearl of great prize. When you become master treasure hunters for the true riches in glory, I want to remind and encourage you of the impact it's going to have on your lives. I want to remind you of the impact it's going to have on the church. I want to remind and encourage you of the impact it's going to have in your communities and in the cities because we're going to become master treasure hunters for the glory of the living God. The first pearl that I want to encourage you to keep laying a hold of and seeking earnestly to seek out is the pearl of God's power. The pearl of God's power. Now back in 1949, there was a desperate case. There was two women, old women. One was 82 and one was 84. 
One was called Peggy and one was called Christine. One was blind and the other was arthritic. But I tell you what was different about these ladies. They were full of the living God. They didn't care about anything other than the eternal issues and people's, men's and lives, eternity and their salvation. They went to their senior minister and they said, listen, we need to start to pray. It was a desperate case. It was in the Hebrides, it was in the Isle of Louis in the north of Scotland. And not one young person attended the church. It was an aging congregation and they had no interest in God and no interest in eternal issues. These women were grieved by it. And they said to the minister, look, we will pray twice a week from 10 o'clock at night till 4 o'clock in the morning, we will be on our knees. I encourage you to go do likewise because there's the only thing that's going to turn this island around is the power of the living God. And they went off and they prayed. They went off and they hungered because there was a desperate need. Slowly but surely, the Lord started to reveal to them pictures. One of the sisters in time of prayer believed that the scripture line that they were to pray into was this. I will pour out water on him that is thirsty and floods upon the dry ground. They believed God was about to move. They met in their congregations as they always did, the people at the left, but there was a greater anticipation and a greater desperation for the things of God. One young man then opened his Bible and he was inspired to read from Psalm 24. Who shall ascend? to the hill of God. Who shall ascend up the Chilcoot Pass to the true riches of glory? Who will stand in the holy place? Those who have clean hearts, pure hands, and those that have not lifted up their soul to falsehood, and those who have not sworn deceitfully. The power of God becoming to came. There was something on that scripture as he was walking out the church, he said, God, you have spoken and you will not leave us this way. You will not pour out your spirit. You will not leave us destitute. You will stand by your promises. And there was an attitude of repentance in that place. They went to leave the church and there was a knock on the door, the church door, the blacksmith. He said, there's something taking place. Look at all the people outside. People started to flood into the church. You can look up the stories of the things that took place. There was a group of young people, children, 100 of them reported to be in a school dance. All of a sudden, the power of God hit the dance. The children with no awareness of eternity, no interest in the things of God, suddenly flooded and escaped that building like a plague and they knew the only place to go was to the church and they legged it to the church. They were there bursting in through the doors. One of the teachers who was in that church fell down on her knees and said, Lord, 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 please, please, will you have mercy on me? Now, the only other time I would ever know for a church, for, for, for a dance to empty that quickly was if Gabriel or Scott went in to get onto the dance floor. <laughs> but listen, this was the power of God. 
This was the power of God and nothing else could do it. There was hardened fishermen reported out fishing in the seas and suddenly the power of God would just hit them. While they were out fishing, they would turn about their ships and they would flood to the church. At one stage, somebody reported and said, please, please, minister, you need to come down to the police station. And he said, why? He said, there's over 400 people flocked around the police station with an attitude of repentance. They're lost. They don't know what to do. And he said, I know why. Because the sergeant in that police station is a God-fearing man. He also believed. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord for God-fearing people. Amen. The other reason, David Campbell, who is a senior minister right now of this move, he said that it was right next to the house of Peggy and Christine Smith where they used to pray. And he believed there was a power emanating from it. Just like the vision of the power emanating of God's glory from that stadium and people flooding to it. I tell you what, when people feel the presence of the living God, when they feel his power, they're nowhere to go. They're nowhere to go. That's why you need to keep sharp. That's why you need to keep the fire burning in your workplace and in your families. Because I tell you what, in anticipation for a great move of God, they will know where to go. They're nowhere to go. And they will come to you on their knees and say, hey, I need the living God. My eyes are fixed on the things of eternity and I need salvation in Lord Jesus Christ. Stay on fire. But this is what we need. We need the power of God. We need to become master huntsmen, master treasure hunters for the pearl of God's power. We need the pearl of God's power. Because when you receive that pearl, you may think out in society right now, with all the laws that are being passed, with all the stupidity, with all the antichrist thinking, with people far away from the living God and the cares of him, when they receive that power, they will come alive to it. You feel discouraged. You look around at what's taking place. But let me tell you, when the power of God comes, he will make right every wrong where you're feeling a sense of injustice, where you are just infuriated and saying, this is not righteous, this is not fair. Let me told you, hold tight to that pearl of his power and wait, wait, wait and see, because the living God will move and he will make everything wrong right. Wait with expectation and faith. Every wrong will be righted. Every tear will be wiped away. And the righteous will prevail in their endeavours. Hold tight. Hunt for that pearl of his power. Be patient and he will turn things around. Let me encourage you in another pearl that you must keep a hold of and keep earnestly seeking out. And that's the pearl of his presence. The pearl of his presence. Many years ago now, I think it was probably about eight, ten years ago, I had a season of my life coincided with this vision I had of just an overwhelming sense of God's presence. It was an ease to pray. It was a flow to worship. 
all the days I just hungered and hungered and hungered to be with him and to be in his word. I was on holiday. I had a month's holiday. And I thought, fantastic. It was a beautiful summer's day. And I enjoyed nothing more than to get out on my motorbike, my CBR 1100 Blackbird, and go cruising around the countryside of Dartmoor National Park, where I used to live. I was riding towards the coast with, at the time, my pastor of my church, who was a great ally to me and a great encourager in my walk with the Lord. I was going about my own business. I'm very sorry to say I had my headphones on. I was listening to worship music. I was listening to messages. I was being stoked. I was being encouraged in my spirit. There seemed to be an ease in my prayer and my walk with God. There seemed to be an ease on the acceleration of my motorbike. As I flied, I mean, kept within the speed limit of cruising <laughs> down those streets. And then we turned. I was just about to move into a road, cross a road, to make our way down to the coast. Minding my own business, but just being carried away in the presence of God. Everything around me seemed to be alive. The birds were magnified as they sang. The trees were full of leaves and the flowers and beautiful. Loving life, never felt so free. But then as I turned, I saw a car in the middle of the road. And on the boot of the car, was a man all in green, knelt over a tiny baby, just in a nappy. And he was giving the baby mouth-to-mouth -mouth resuscitation. As I saw the man all in green, the immediate thing I thought was, this is a paramedic. And I thought, there's nothing more I can do here. I'm trained in first aid, yes, but I'm not any more trained than a paramedic. I thought, there's nothing I'd do. I'll just get in the way. But in that moment, people, I can't explain everything to you. I'll just share it the best I can. But as I went to go my own way, I felt a very strong impression in my heart. And sometimes it's hard to put a picture. Sometimes it's hard to put a word to an impression that you feel from the Holy Spirit. But in my lack of vocabulary, I'll try my very best to put a word to the accuracy of what I felt in my spirit in that moment. And it was, he hasn't got the authority. He hasn't got the authority. And that dawned on me. It felt like in that moment, it made perfect sense to me. I quickly put my bike aside. I took off my helmet. I didn't really know what I was doing, but I knew I just needed to get near that child. I walked towards the man at the back of the vehicle. I saw his wife running up and down the road in hysterics, as I'm sure any parent would be when their child is on the boot of a car, not breathing, and appears dead. I walked over. Suddenly, I felt as if something just completely took me over. I went and grabbed the legs of the baby and did the only thing I knew to do. I looked into its eyes. There was no life. Its lips were blue and it was cold to touch. I just went in the name of Jesus. Something just flooded over me in that moment. It's as if maybe I blacked out. But the next thing, I opened up my eyes. And in the man Ording Green's arms was a crying but living baby. 
Just in that moment, a helicopter landed in the field just across the road. A paramedic ran across the road, snatched the baby out of the father's arms and went and did what they needed to do. The man all in green wasn't a doctor. The man all in green was the child's father who worked for the council. But what I want to say in that story is the presence that I felt. Something took me over. I went back to find my motorbike and I couldn't remember where I put it. My pastor at the time had to point me to my motorbike. I had no idea where I put my gloves. The pastor had to point me to my gloves. I had no idea where I put my helmet. He pointed me out to where my helmet was. I was in a daze. I was in confusion. If I was to describe how I felt in that moment, I felt like a ball of marshmallow. Just marshmallow. Just soft. I went on in my motorbike and we made our way to a hotel to have a cup of tea and a scone, as you do down in Devon, and a Devon cream tea. Put the cream on first and then the jam on top. And I couldn't speak. I couldn't speak. When he came to have my order, my pastor had to order for me. And he said, Chris, are you okay? I just wept with tears. I just wept and wept and wept. Because I felt the glory of the living God. It was just the glory of the living God. And I thought, wow. Where there seems no way in your life, hunt for the pearl of his presence because I promise you he will make a way. We're coming master treasure hunters for the pearl of his presence because there's situations you're facing where there seems that you are no use, where you feel like there is no way. But I promise you, in the presence of the living God, he will always make a way for you. Watch him enlighten you. Watch him empower you. Watch him give you dreams and visions of the way ahead. Watch him energize you with fresh energy. Watch other people begun to give you words of knowledge. Watch when you're doing your morning reading how the word and the scripture just illuminates to you. Watch as you begin become faithful to that leading how opportunities present themselves, how he will begin to turn around a situation in your life, as he will begin to turn around situations in society, he is going to make a way. Desire, become master treasure hunters, lay a hold of and keep a hold of the pearl of his presence. Do not lean on your own understanding. Trust in the Lord in all your ways and he shall direct your paths. It is a promise to you. Lay a hold of it and keep a hold of it. Hunt for the treasure of his presence. Another treasure, another pearl that we must pursue and lay a hold of is the pearl of pathways. It's the pearl of pathways. I feel very privileged as a young child that I used to live in Spain for a season, for five years, eight years old till I was the age of 13. My dad was in the military and he retired and took the family to Spain. Great idea, fantastic. And my dad's friend was a renowned treasure hunter. 
He would be the type of man that you see on Discovery Channel these days, discovering all great riches and talking about great discoveries and things like that. And as a young boy, I was amazed. He took us to his house and he showed us his room of great treasures that he had found. I remember looking at swords and shields and arrows and old Roman coins, you name it. And my dad used to take me out treasure hunting. In Spain, there were great battles between the Moors and the Christians, between the Moros y Cristianos, as they would say in Spain. They have festivals about it every year. And me and my dad would go up into the mountains with our metal detector, with our water and a little bit of food. We would search out battle sites from the history books that had taken place, and we'd go hunting for treasure. We'd go hunting. And my dad would talk to me as we were doing it. And suddenly, the metal detector would beep, and we would go digging. And I remember finding a musket ball, a musket ball. And then we carried on treasure hunting and around it we found some old coins. And then we continued around the area and we found an old arrow. Slowly my dad was talking to me and painting the picture of maybe what had taken place here. The man was shot by this musket. He was an archer. And here the coins have fallen out of his pocket. Wow, the mysteries. New layers of understanding began to paint a picture of the battle that took place and individual people's lives. You see, the more we dig down, the more the story is going to reveal itself to us. The story of heaven, the story of the plans God has for you, the story of the plans he has for our church. Mysteries. Great mysteries, but these great mysteries uh, in, a di in, a, in, a, in a busy city begin to lose something. In a busy city, these mysteries become dissipated. And what these mysteries bring is a sense of wonder of God, a sense of wonder of his majesty, the sense of wonder of his plans for our life a sense of wonder of the pathways that he's opening to us in our life and your journey. We see we're so busy, we're only observing according to the landscape view. But when we start and spend time with God, as we seek things out, new mysteries will begin to become unveiled. The story will become more and more clear. Mysteries, in effect, are concealed revelations, concealed revelations, but it's God's desire to reveal revelation to us of his story and of his way. Proverbs 25.2 said it's God's privilege to conceal a thing and for kings to seek it out. We're kings of the kingdom and he's calling us to be master treasure hunters of new pathways in this time and in this age. During the Hebrides revival, those two sisters sought out and seeked for new pathways and revelation of the scripture for that time and for that season. What is the scripture? What is the mystery that God is trying to reveal to you in this time and age? What is your prayer line? What is he wanting to say? What is a piece of the puzzle that he's wanting you to discover that will become a part of the bigger puzzle for your life and the kingdom during this age? Become a master treasure hunter. 
because he's going to reveal to you new pathways. Now, you may be seeking fresh pathways in your life. You may be feeling as if you're going around the same old mountain. But I tell you what, dig deeper and new paths are going to be revealed how to get over around the mountain that is in your path. You want to break free from old patterns of thinking, old habits that you know are not righteous, old ways of thinking, of behaviour that you know you want to break free from. You've prayed to God to set you free from it. But God is saying, dig deeper, dig deeper. I'm giving you a new pathway of escape. I'm giving you a new corridor of righteousness out of the situation you are in. Ah, new pathways. New pathways are opening up in your marriage. You feel like maybe it's gone stale for a while, but you're going to dig deep and he's going to give you new pathways of life and joy and peace and love in your marriage. New pathways in your career. You're waking up every day and you're feeling that life is drudgery. You're feeling that life is just groundhog day. You're tired. You're discouraged. You're dejected. Listen, wake up, rise and shine. Become a master treasure hunter for new pathways of where Lord is leading you in your career and what his purpose and plan for your life is. Not the purpose and plan of your boss, but the purpose and plan for the living God. Because your place of work isn't primarily for your boss. It's primarily a medium for God to be salt and light for you. And when we begin to get that right, then new pathways open. New revelation comes. Fresh life comes. Joy comes. You wake up in the morning and it's a rise and shine. It's an understanding that the joy of the Lord is my strength. Lord, I'm a master hunter to find new pathways in every aspect and every facet of my life. Master treasure hunters for pathways of the kingdom of God that he's opening up to you and I in this time and age. There's one final pearl that I want to share with you. And it's the most significant of all. Because all the other pearls will flow from this. And if I could have the keyboardist back, please. It's the pearl. It's the pearl of eternity. It's the pearl of eternity. Marcus Aurelius wasn't just the emperor that was slain in the epic movie Gladiator. But Marcus Aurelius was actually a great philosopher and considered a great respectful leader. And he said these words, the worth of a man is measured by the object that he pursues. The worth of a man is the object that he pursues. Let me ask you, what are you pursuing today? What are you hunting for in your life today. There was a man under the name of Arthur Stacy. Now Arthur Stacy, back in the 1940s, was an illiterate alcoholic. One day Arthur Stacy went to church and he was radically saved. In time as he walked out his faith, alcoholism disappeared. It was a man 
trying to live in the righteousness of God. And he heard a sermon one day. They called it a one-word sermon. And all he remembers is the preacher saying these words, eternity, eternity, and eternity. He said that these words, eternity, were like a lightning bolt to his heart. He walked out that church that day having heard this sermon and purposed in his heart that he wanted all of Sydney, where he was from, to contemplate their lives and contemplate eternity. Now, this man, totally illiterate, went and bought himself a bit of chalk. And he, if you had asked him, wouldn't know how he did this. But in beautiful, flowing language, wrote the word eternity on the pavement. For 35 years, that was his life's mission. Everywhere he went, he wrote the word eternity on the pavement. It's estimated that he wrote the word eternity over those 35-year periods over 500,000 times. He was very elusive. Photographers only had seen him or got a snap of him four times in those 35 years. This being one of them. Now, in 1999, at the Millennium celebrations in Australia on New Year's Eve, this man's writing eternity was put up in beautiful lights all across the Sydney Harbour Bridge. And it was beamed all over the world. An alcoholic, illiterate man who caught a sense of eternity desired nothing more than people to catch and ask themselves the question, what is my life really all about? Where am I from? What is my purpose here on earth? And when I die, where do I go? I want to ask you the question here today. Have you contemplated eternity? Have you contemplated, is there life after death? If you were to walk out this building right now, and God forbid anything happened to you and you were to die right in this moment, where would you go? I just ask for the presence of the Holy Spirit right now. Just to begin to soften every heart in this place. I just pray by the power of the Holy Spirit that revelation of eternal things is about to spring into people's minds.
I want to ask here today. That the pearl of eternity is the most significant pearl that you can ever discover. And that's why Jesus, when describing the kingdom of God, said the kingdom of God is like a merchant who sought out a pearl. And when he discovered it, he sold everything because he had a revelation of the value of eternal life. And when our eyes are fixed on eternal things, everything else begins to come into line. The high mountains in our path come down low. The valleys are raised up and our paths are made straight. When our eyes are focused on eternal things and we're building for eternity and not the temporal, We have power for the season. We have a greater sense of his presence. New pathways of purpose are opened up to us. John, the closest of Jesus' disciples closing off his gospel right in the last sentence I believe was reflecting on his journey with the living God with Jesus Christ himself and he said I've written down all the accounts what I've seen but not all of them because if I was to write down everything that the Lord Jesus did when he walked on this earth there would not be enough books in all of the world to contain it there is so much more that God wants to lead us into. There's so much more that he wants to reveal to you. What you have right now is not your all. He has far more. And he desires nothing more than to pour it out on us in this time and in this season. We're master treasure hunters, seeking out the treasures of heaven. Seeking out all those miraculous, marvelous things that he did. That are not just bits of history, but are living and powerful and active for you right now in your life and in this season. Simeon was a man who foresaw the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
He waited in anticipation for it. Week in, week out, day in, day out. You have persevered in your lives week in, week out, day in, day out. If you didn't keep fighting, if you didn't keep hunting, you would feel as if you're growing weary, but you're not. You're persevering. And Simeon that day was prompted by the Holy Spirit to go to the temple of God. And that day Jesus was coming to be dedicated. And Jesus saw, Simeon saw baby Jesus. And he took him in his arms. And he went, wow, I have seen the Savior. I have felt the living God the one who comes to bring salvation, the one who can come and bring us new life, life eternal. And he said, I'm ready to die. He said, that's it. That's it. He said, right now, I'm ready to die. I've received it all. There's nothing more I need. I've tasted and seen. I felt his presence. When we feel his presence, everything else is superfluous. But he doesn't want you to die. He wants you to live because he's got a purpose in this time and this age for you and you uniquely. You are a piece of the puzzle for the great puzzle of heaven that is coming together in this time and this age to bring about and complete his great story. Hunt out his power. Hunt out his presence. Hunt out his new pathways. And let me just ask right now as we close. Is there any of you here this afternoon? For the first time, you're contemplating the things of eternity. You live busy lives, we understand that. You're here today before you're hungry, because you're hungry. You want more of your presence. You're here because you desire his power. But maybe you're here today because the Holy Spirit has prompted you. And he's saying, listen, I want you to receive the pearl of eternity so that I can bring new power in your life, that I can pour out my presence in greater measures in your life, that I can reveal to you new pathways of hope and joy and glory. We're not hunting for the gold of this world that only has temporal pleasures but no eternal reward. You're seeking out the gold, silver and precious stone of eternity that you're laying a hold of. If you've not received that pearl of eternity, if you've not made right with your Saviour, Jesus Christ, who died for you that you may live in him, with every head bowed and every eyes closed right now. No one else looking around. This is just between you and the living God. If you want that pearl of eternity right now, if you want to enter into the kingdom of God and have eternal life with Christ Jesus, that free gift, not cheap gift, it's bought at a great price 
is available to you right now. Don't worry about who's to your front, your rear, to your left, your right. This is between you and the living God right now. This is about your life. This life is not a dress rehearsal. Your life counts now. And what you do in life echoes in eternity. You know the Holy Spirit speaking to you right now. Maybe your heart's beating a little bit faster. Maybe you feel the Holy Spirit knocking on the door of your heart, saying, please let me in. I've seeked you out all of your life for this day. If you're not 100% sure where you're going after life, you want that pearl, I'm going to ask you right now, by the conviction of the Holy Spirit, to lift up your hand. No one looking around, just between you and God. I want you to raise your hand right now. If you've not given your life to the Lord Jesus Christ, repented of your sins, and laid a hold of that pearl of eternity, one more opportunity, I'll ask you to raise your hand right now. Thank you, Father. If there's a greater desire for the power of God in your life, for his presence and for seeking out of his pathways. Our worship team, our ministry team are going to be available at the front here. And I want you to just come forward in his presence and have an opportunity for them to minister into your lives. Heavenly Father, we sit in your presence. We rejoice in your name. We're in anticipation for a great move of the Holy Spirit. There's a fresh hunger in us. There's a new awareness of your presence. You're opening up new pathways to us. And we just ask that you will move in the only way that you know how to move. We ask this all in your name. The name above every name. The name of Jesus. Hallelujah.